Good morning, Nogeta. Good morning, Lita. Our scripture reading for this morning will be taken from the book of Joshua. So, turn your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through to 9. Our Bible reading for today is taken from Joshua chapter 9, verses 5 through to 9. Joshua 1, Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through to 9. I'll start at verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee, all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not leave thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto these people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, I will Good job, Celestine. Good job. Joshua chapter 1. I forgot to make an announcement earlier. Uh, Pastor Eric said because we're, attendance is down this morning, some of the dinghies weren't running in some parts of the city. Um, what we'll do for life groups today is we'll just stay in here as a combined life group this morning. And so we'll just do that. So when I get finished preaching, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. Joshua is one of the most amazing characters in all of scripture we we don't think of his life being long and involved because we follow abraham and we see abraham's life and it stretches out and it goes and isaac's life and jacob's and joseph's but we get to joshua we just we forget that joshua keeps making as they say in hollywood cameo appearances over and over israel barely gets out of egypt and Joshua leads them in the first conflict they have against the Amalekites. We don't think too much about Joshua fighting because the focus of the story is on Moses that as long as his hands are lifted up, the Israelites are winning. Well, it's not the Israelites are winning. Joshua is leading them to victory. And so Moses gets tired and they bring him a rock 
and he sits on the rock and Aaron and her hold his hands up. But it's Joshua who's in the middle of the bloodbath. It's Joshua who's fighting against these people who have come, may I say, very much like the Palestinian attack on October 7th. Israel's minding their own business, heading through the desert. They're not in anybody's land, and, the, and Amalek attacks them. And Joshua fights, and they win. But we think about Joshua, we think about Moses. When Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, one guy goes with him, Joshua. Now, somewhere he stops, but he goes with him. He's referred to as Moses' minister, and yet he's the general of the Israeli army. And you're like, how big is that army? Well, the first head count they take in the book of Numbers, 600,000. You know, lick, lick army. He's the commander of a huge army. It makes it all the more odd that when you get to Joshua 1, Moses passes away. They knew it was going to happen. They knew Moses would not lead them into the promised land because of something in his past. Joshua, he knows he's going to be the leader. But do you realize how this thing starts off? It doesn't start off with, okay, Joshua, go here, defeat Jericho, go to Ai, go this way, go that way. No, it doesn't start with that. It starts with God speaking directly to Joshua, no prophet here, directly to him. And God's message is is emphatically the same thing repeated. Be strong. Be courageous. Be strong. Be courageous. This guy defeated the Amalekites. This guy defeated all of those warring tribes on the east side of the Jordan River. Joshua has led them in many, many battles. Strength and courage are his middle name. But I, I, I want to tie this at the beginning into, we've just come out of a wonderful series by Pastor Matt on, on leading our homes properly, doing things in a biblical way. It's encouraging and it's exciting and it's, and it's spirit inspired from the word as we read that. But the longer you do it, the harder it gets. It's like, ah, it was working and now it's not working. Or, ah, we're trying to get it started, but it's not. I'm trying to establish family devotions in my home or I'm trying to be consistent in my discipline or I'm trying. And we just, when it doesn't work, I don't know about you, but you get this, I get discouraged and kind of like easier to give up than to press on because it was real exciting when I heard it Sunday morning and when we talked about it on the way home but now we're three weeks into it and Junior has pretty much said he is not going to listen to what we say and I mean by me loud amen but the thing is the principle that excited you from the word is still the principle so how do we continue in this thing and this morning I, I, I was through Pastor Matt's series, knowing that I would be speaking as soon as he, he completed the series, how can I tie something to that? And recently in our uh, faith family at Barocco, I, I, I've been speaking on the promises of God, embracing promises. And I talked about the promise of God's strength from Joshua, and I realized that it's connected here. Joshua is is a strong leader. Joshua is a mighty warrior. But you know what Joshua has never had? The, in America, we say the buck. I guess here you would say the kina. The kina stops here. The buck stops here. One of our former presidents had said that. 
No more passing the blame, no more sending it. He said, when it gets to my desk, this is it. I'll take blame for everything that happens. Joshua has never had that. He's leading, they're winning military victories. He comes back all bloodied, bruised, whatever, salutes Moses and says, sir, by God's grace, we won another battle. And what does he see? Moses is over here with a bunch of arguing Israelites. And Joshua's like, you know what? I'd rather swing a sword any day. I'd rather deal with that than deal with that. But God starts out Joshua 1 with, Moses, my servant, is dead. You are not going to pass the buck, son. Now you're not just the military leader. You are the overall leader. And I think Joshua feels the weight of leadership like he's never felt it before. Leading warriors is easier because they have to be warriors. And if they're not warriors, well, you can use your boot. Apply it to the seed of knowledge to a warrior and say you can do it. You don't do that with a three-year-old in our context. Moses, Moses being gone makes Joshua realize that everything that happens to this nation, keeping them godly and keeping them focused, it's on my shoulders. The priests doing what they should do and following God and teaching us God's law, on my shoulders. You hearing this wonderful series on the home, the responsibility is on your shoulders. And I'll just be brutally honest, you don't have the strength to do it. You don't. I don't. I never have. Follow through some of the things that Joshua is, is mentioning here. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. And notice how he says in verse 5, he does not start it with, be strong. He says, verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. That's been his story so far in battle. But he says this, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I won't fail you. Do you have somebody in your past that failed you? Every one of us has probably got a list of people that at least we feel like they failed us. God's starting this off with a promise. And the entire message I'm talking about today is the promise that promises we need to lean on. He says to Joshua, not to us here, but to Joshua, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. That's a promise to Joshua. But here's something that's hugely rich. It's found in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. That's New Testament. That's our side of the cross. Here's what, here's what God tells tells us, and it's the same promise. He says, he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now, God gives us that promise. He said to Joshua, I won't fail you or forsake you. He gives it to us, and he says, I will never what? I will never what? I will never leave thee. Does God lie? What if you feel like he left you? What if you feel like he left you? Did he leave? No. Christian, the Spirit of God indwells your heart. Your sin can separate you from God in his fellowship, but it doesn't separate you from his presence. 
He is with you wherever you go, and he promises, I will never leave thee, and I will never forsake thee. Leaving, leaving is, is Pastor Matt has left us to go to the States, and he will be back. He better not forsake us. You get the idea? Forsake is, he doesn't get on the plane and come back. When you hear this, Pastor, you hear me, you come back. That's the difference between leaving and forsaking. God said, I am never going to walk away from you, and I'm definitely not going to forsake you. Now, this is what we've been talking about at Broco. When, when God's got a promise, you just hold on to it. Amen. He will hold you fast, but you're going to hold that promise fast. You're the one that's going to turn the promise back to him and say, you said you'd never leave. Now, I don't feel your presence. Everything feels like it's upside down. It feels like I cannot lead my children properly, uh, love my wife properly, love my husband properly. As a, as a young person, I don't think I can obey my parents properly. Hear me. God said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he's doing that because I want us to focus on what he says to Joshua after that. Be strong. Be of good courage. Because I won't leave you. I won't. Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord, we, he hath said, I love this, years ago I heard a preacher say this, he hath said so that we may boldly say. He hath said so that we may boldly say. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what men shall do to me. And I want you just to embrace, I will not fear. Because the only one I need to fear is God. And he's now my savior, my redeemer. He has transformed my life. Brothers, sisters, hear me. If Jesus Christ is not your savior today, that is the number one thing you need to deal with. And you need to understand, you need to be afraid. If God is the best friend and lover and father that you could ever have, and he is the worst enemy you could ever have. Because he always keeps his word. In judgment, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The wages of sin is death. Dying separated from God is the worst thing that could ever happen. Having him as your enemy is the worst thing that could ever happen. But having him as your friend is the best thing that could ever happen. Because he gives promises like this. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Come down back to in Joshua. He says three separate times to be strong. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest, where you go, Joshua, I am with you. I am with you, because I will never, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Here's what the Lord's telling Joshua. Let me just point out three things here quickly. Number one, he's saying to Joshua, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage in verse six because you are leading Israel into the future that I have planned for them. Ever since Abraham's time, which is hundreds of years before Joshua, the Lord said, Abraham, this land that you're in, I'm gonna make you a great blessing and make your name great, but he said, I'm gonna give you this land. This land, today people want to call it Palestine and Canaan, but it's Israel. I'm going to give you this land. 
Israel winds up in Egypt in bondage for 400 years. They come out because of their own sin. They wander for 40 more years. 440 years, guys, come on. Hey, it's finally time for the promise. We are looking at the river. We are, we are ready to go take the land that God promised to our forefather Abraham probably 600 years ago. We, we are ready. We are ready for this. Joshua, you're going to take us in there. We're going to do this. The Lord's telling Joshua, verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers, I promise to their fathers. Joshua, you be strong and of a good courage because you are leading the children of Israel into the future. I plan for them. Even Moses couldn't do that. Second, in verse 7, he says, Be strong and very courageous. He said, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou may prosper whithersoever thou goest. The second thing he's telling him about being strong is, he said, you have everything you need to learn from in order to lead well. If, if it was our context, we would say the whole thing. He's, Moses uh, left behind the Torah. And he said, Joshua, that law... You read that. That's everything you need to lead this people. It's right there in one volume. He says in in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It it needs to be in your thoughts. It needs to influence, influence the way you think. The world is constantly influencing the way we think. TikTok. What are the people called on TikTok that try to get you to do something. Don't we call them influencers? The world is constantly influencing you. Most of them are not influencing you toward righteousness and godliness. Many times they're influencing you toward greed and covetousness and then let alone lust and everything else that would take you away from God. But I want you to know, Joshua, he's telling Joshua, you have everything you need to lead these people. It's right here. This book of the law, you need to meditate in it day and night. You need to let it influence the decisions you're making so that you can observe. You've got to meditate on it so that you can do what it says. You need to think about what you're reading. You need to review what you're reading. Many of us that were in church grew up with the idea of having church and then maybe having a Sunday school. And the Sunday school was like an abstract, separate part of what's going on in the morning service. And I like how Pastor Matt has followed the pattern of whatever's preached in here, generally that's what we're going to talk about during our life groups, or you could call it a Sunday school hour. Why? To reinforce in our minds and get us openly discussing or hearing other people talk about what we just heard. Why? Because when we go to the house, we need to think about that as well. The, this, this pulpit is known for not just saying the truth, but trying to get us to think about the truth. Consider it and apply it. If we just come and we're just happy little people who warm a seat on Sunday and it doesn't affect our lives through the week, what good is hearing the word? Ezekiel, God told Ezekiel, he said, you know, those, these, these Jewish people are going to listen to you preach. And he said, they're going to talk about your lovely voice and your beautiful messages, but they're not going to listen to a thing you tell them. May we never be that. May we be those who put our ear, 
put them out good in a harem behind him. Meditate in it day and night. Observe to do it. Then you will make your way prosperous. Moses, pastors use this as his theme verse through it. Moses said it almost the same thing in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6, verses 6 and 7. He said, these words which I command thee, this day shall be in thine heart. Chronologically, or in a time frame, that's Deuteronomy chapter 6. That is less than a month before Joshua 1. Less than a month. Deuteronomy is written by Moses just as they are ready to cross the river. He gives Deuteronomy. He repeats the law. He repeats the things that they have heard. He repeats the things that they should know. And then he hands it off to Joshua and goes up the hill and dies. And God says, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. You go. So these words in Deuteronomy 6 are fresh in in Joshua's ears when the Lord is giving them his others. So Joshua, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. The word needs to be a theme in your house. When, when the boys were young and in our, we, in our house, we still have it, we would have scripture verses on the wall. Just a verse to remind us, sayings to remind us, things to focus us, because our hearts wander. And you'd be surprised how many young people remember a scripture verse that mom and dad had on the wall when they were growing up and how many times that verse comes back to them because they just saw it every day they didn't read it they didn't meditate on it much they just saw it every day and now as they get older this thing's affecting their lives this book joshua it's all you need to lead these people well you need to talk about it for it to do that, it needs to be in your heart. You need to think about it, meditate it. But here's the thing. If you talk about it and you meditate on it, but you don't obey it, what good is it? What, what, what value are people going to put on something that you talk about, but you don't do anything for it? If I was the sports fan of any particular team and a sport, and you say, who's your favorite team? And I say the name of the team for the sport. And you're like, oh, okay. But you know, I never wear their colors. I never talk about it. You're like, hey, your favorite team played yesterday. And I go, they did? You're not thinking, this is, you're not serious about that sport. This isn't like something that's real to you. And when we get, we do this halfway thing in our Christian life, our kids can see right through it. And if we're going to train our children well, we have to be the examples, imperfect as we are. Imperfect as we are, we have to be the examples. And when our imperfections shine, and they do, you say you're sorry, you pick up, and you go forward. Joshua, you need to think about this. It it needs to be in your heart. You can't meditate on it unless it's in your heart. Friend, if you're here today, and you have never, never put your faith in Christ as your Savior, There is no greater decision for you to make. There is no more urgent thing you need to do. If you're a parent, to lead your kids in a godly way that you yourself are not walking in is hypocrisy. Mandla tupla maus. 
When I was growing up, I was told by some of my elders, don't do as I, don't do, as I do, do as I tell you to do. Something me make him smoke, drink, don't you do that. You behind him straight below the road. Well, by God's grace, I saw what the smoking was due to him, and I'd see what happened every time they got drunk. And by God's grace, I was saved at a young age, and I was like, you know what? I really don't want that. Wasn't me. It was God having a bad example. But parent, don't be the bad example. Be the good example. The gospel is transformative. The gospel doesn't make you get on a bus and come to church. The gospel transforms your heart, that your whole life is different. The way you handle yourself at work, the way you handle yourself at school, it is something that is made by God to change us from death to life. From, from turn us from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God's dear son, Jesus. It's, it's something that God does in us, not something you do for yourself. You have one job. Hear it. Let it soak and believe it. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Savior, you'll die in your sins. You, 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 you don't get to choose a religion to find your way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He doesn't have shortcuts. He doesn't have second chances or, or in, in the sense of, well, I'll wait till I die and see if this thing is for real. As the Bible puts it this way about death. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. You don't die and get to choose. When you die, choice is made. You, you're here in this life right now. You're here having opportunities, hearing that Christ died for you. God commended. He showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, wicked, not what you would think God would want. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man do what? Die for his friends. And he, Jesus said, you are my friends. Man, I mean, this is, this is the, the, the gospel truth that would transform your life. And if your children could just see that changing you, it might just change them. Youth, hear me. You're like, how this talk about married and whatever. I want to get married, but I don't want to have worry about kids and all that stuff. Sorry, that bus is coming, and it's coming fast. Brother Gary, it was really, I think, two weeks ago when I was 17 in my brain. It's like, and as you can tell, I'm well past 17. Life is going to come, and it's going to come fast. Next thing you know, you're married. Next thing you know, you have children. Next thing you know, you're making decisions. You're feeling like Joshua. Ah, no, 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 no. I was just getting this, I was just getting this youth thing, this school thing down, and all of a sudden, life has moved on. Life is going to move on for you, young people. Young people, God has a plan for you. And God has a purpose for you. But it isn't all that you want to follow these people that tell you he's going to do all these great things in your life. He, he has a purpose for you that you have to find him for. You don't come to him and say, I want to be a TikTok influencer. I want to be something. No, no, God, I'm coming to you and here's all my plans. You created me. You made me. What do you want me to do? How do you want me to use this? It's no coincidence that when Jesus fed the 5,000, it wasn't an old guy who came and broke open his lunch packet. 
because it would have been tulip meat and snacks biscuit. It was a young boy who had five loaves, and don't think big loaves from the bakery, five small loaves of bread and two fish. But what I love about the story is the young man came and said, can you use this? The disciples laughed about that. Son, bless your heart. You good boy, but you long, long. Son, go back to mama. Blue. The little boy said, this is, this is what I have, God. Can you use it? He's immortalized. He is in the inspired scripture because he said, here, Lord, here's all I've got. Young people, do that. Do that with your life. If you've trusted Christ, continually open your basket, put your bread, put your fish out, and say, Lord, this is all I have. Whatever you want to do with it. Make it big, make it small, do what you want to do with it. Young people, you need to hear that. Mom, your husband's not doing right. Your husband's not involved in in rearing the children in a godly way. God still has a promise for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will not put you off to the side. Well, you know how things are. No, I'm here for you. I will make a difference in your life. I have seen godly young men raised by godly moms when dad was either out of the picture or dad wasn't saved or dad wasn't trying to do right. Great godly men. Namesake of our brother that read the scripture this morning, John Wesley. He and his brother Charles, two of the most famous preachers in U.S. history and Christian history. I can't tell you what their dad's name was. You might be a historian and know that, but I know their mom's name. Because people have written books about the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. Her name was Susanna. And her godliness and her passion for following God influenced her family. And through her sons influences us yet today. We sing many Charles Wesley hymns. You just don't know it. And John Wesley was one of the greatest preachers ever to live. And he's raised by his mother who walked with God. So mom, hear me. You can do this in the Lord's strength because I want to bring this back to us. How does the Lord's strength work for us now? We see God's promising it to Joshua. He says to Joshua, remember, you're leading the people into the future I've planned. Second, you have everything you need to learn from and to follow. It's in my word. And the last thing he says in verse 9, I've commanded you, I will not fail you or forsake you. He said, Joshua, you have me. Verse 9. The Lord thy God is with thee. I, in, in Bible college, you had to go soul winning. You had X number of visits you were supposed to make. I had a friend, a brother, and I, I've mentioned it to him before. He's the size of Brother Maya, Brother Dean. And when I would go soul winning with Brother Dean, I was the bravest little skinny boy you ever saw. Because Dean would be right here. We're both Bible school students. Dean would be here. I would be here. I would have the track. I, I, we went into a crowd once where they broke a bottle on us and said, if I were you, I would back up. And I'm not fearing anything because there's a guy behind me that had hands the size of D.Y. And he was so gentle and so calm and so quiet. And I'd pa- be passing out tracks. And these guys, one guy broke the bottle. He goes, you just probably want to back up. And I looked at him, and Braxton, I got really brave. I just went to his friend, and I said, he didn't want it, maybe you do. 
backside of my brain is saying, what are you, a fool? But you know what I know? I got Bubba Dean right here. This guy starts to swing. Bubba Dean's just going to throw him over the top of the car, and we'll just go on our merry way. Well, I got someone better than Bubba. He is ever with you. He is patient. He does not look at you and say, that was it, that's the last sin, I'm done with you. His grace and His mercy surpass, let's put it this way, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and the blood goes deeper than the stain has gone. There is nothing you have done that God looks at and He goes, wow, I didn't see that coming. Sorry, You see, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows all of your faults and your failures and your weaknesses and what you might even do. But here's what he said. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You might feel in your heart, he's disappointed with me, but guess what he said, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving you. I am not forsaking you. Joshua, you've got me. Real quickly, how does this apply to us? Well, in Hebrews 13, when we were talking earlier, Hebrews 13, 5. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. We have the promise as well of his presence. And if you have his presence, you have his strength. The Lord wants you to know this, just like Joshua. You are leading your family into the future God has planned for them. Joshua was leading Israel into the future God had already planned for them. Joshua understood that that was a future. He didn't know how it was going to unfold. He didn't know how it was going to happen. But he did know that land is promised. So as I'm looking across the Jordan and I see all that territory, that's ours. And I'm not sure how we're going to get it, but he promised it. Mom, dad, youth, God's promised to be with you. He has a plan. You're doing what he wants you to do when you raise your children right, when you spend that time with them, when you are consistent in not just discipline, but consistent in loving them and consistent about finding ways to praise them for the things that they do right. Your work at being consistent, the Lord said, I am with you and you are leading your family into the future. I have planned for them. Ephesians 6, 4 Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up. Oh, what a great thought. Not just raise them, bring them up. Your children are here, you want them here. Your children are here, you want them here. Bring them up. It's like this morning, I hardly wear a suit here. I had this on this morning. I had guys like, like I was something special. But you see the difference? You get respect when you dress this way. I didn't do that for the respect. I was cold. 
But isn't that what we want our children to do? We want our children to be the best that they can be. And wherever they are, you want to raise them. You want them to come up to that level. The, 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 the Psalms talk about our daughters being polished stones. We want to polish our daughters so that they are fine Christian young ladies. We want our young men to grow, to be strong in the Lord. We want them to be, when, the fear, when peer pressure comes at them, they become the peer pressure. They turn it back. If they're the only one doing right, son, you do right. God will be pleased. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. This is what He wants. You're taking your children to the future. God has planned for them. Youth, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's a commandment with promise from the law. But obey your parents in the Lord. It's difficult as a, as a born-again son or daughter sometimes to be obedient to our parents. But that's the rule. That's the rule. Now, if they are trying to get you to do something that is sinful, respectfully decline. But be careful it's not your big head heart saying, I just don't want to do that, so I'm not going to obey. Your life, young people, being transformed in front of your parents will shock them. What happened to that boy? He used to be big head. He used to not listen to anything I said. And now... I say, son, I need you to be home at 8 o'clock. All right, Papa. And at 7.55, you come walking through the door. Mama said, Emuside. I said, it's your son. What? I told him to be home at 8. She's like, it's 7.55. He's five minutes early. You be obedient. First of all, you are obeying God. Second, you're obeying your parents, and obeying your parents is obeying God. And there are many, many, many times that God wants to test you through your parents. Young people, be obedient. I remember that in America, 18 is the big number. When I'm 18, man, I am on my own. And I made this mistake when I was 17. I joined the army. I'll get to do whatever I want. Oh, no, you don't. But then I thought when I get out of the army... I can do what I want because now I'm, you know, I'm a boss, I'm under bosses, but I get out, I'll be my own man. No, I got out there, I had a boss out there too. I went to Bible college, I had teachers and homework and come on. No, here's the thing, you're always going to be under somebody. So when you are under somebody, learn how to show them respect, learn how to show them honor and guess where you learn that? In the home. So young people, God is giving you the strength because that is his plan for you. Second, reminding us again, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Lord said in Hebrews 13, 5. The Lord wants you to know that you have all that you need in order to lead your family well. And young people, you have all that you need in knowing what should I do? How should I behave? What direction should I go? It's in his word. You have promises in his word. Can I take a couple of minutes though? and help us to focus on the promises for his strength to do this. Come with me to Isaiah. Hold your place in Joshua. Come with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40. It's not going to be on the screen, so I would really like you to turn it in your Bibles. Isaiah 40. Does the Lord strength? Does he give strength? When the labors increase, does he give mercy? Does he give the power? Does he give his presence? 
Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 to 31. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth what? Strength. Lord, I don't have it. This, I think, is a general promise to all of God's people in all the ages. He said, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Young people, I want you to strive. We are halfway between camps. The last camp, which was so good and so motivating for you, and the next camp, which will hopefully be ten times better, with ten times better food even. Ten times better friends. Like you couldn't top the last one. Oh, you, this, wait till you see this next one. But what do you do in the middle of that? Are you fainting? Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But here's the Lord's promise. He gives strength. They, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Waiting on God renews your strength. That doesn't make sense. I should do something to renew my strength. I should pull up my socks and I need to be back in church. I, you know, what are all the things that people do? No, you don't. You need to wait on God. And you say, how do you do? Well, I won't go back to church. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You need to wait on God. Where does God want you to be? What does he want you to be doing? And you get there and you do it. And you say, I don't feel like doing it. Be there and do it. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Trust the Lord. Trust him. Why? He's promising to give strength to those who will wait on him. When children are small, every time they cry, little itty bitty baby, you and mama make you want him. He cries. What do you do? First week. <laughs> Poor child. Are you dying? Ah, ah, ah. And you know, the pastor said they only want one of three things. I'm not going to go over that, but you know, that's all they want. But as he get, begins to get older, or when you get to the second child, or the third child, wah, 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 you elbow your spouse and you say, can you go get him? Or both of you go, how about we just go sit on the veranda and let him cry it out. He's fed, he has a clean nappy, he's just cranky. And you two go sit outside. But that first baby, hear me, you go, holy man. Wait on the Lord. It's, 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 it's the, the baby, we've got to respond. And then we begin to learn, you know what, right now he just needs to cry. He needs to understand that every time something happens, he doesn't get somebody to come to him. And I don't mean you let your children starve and things like that. But as children, we, we let our children learn that sometimes you have to wait. You don't get what you want right when you want it. And if you don't teach your children that, they're going to grow up demanding things. And when things don't go their way, they're going to loot and riot. They're looting and rioting because they thought that if they can't get what they want, they just go take it. Teach your children that's not how life works. They that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. You know where your strength comes? In waiting. In waiting. Lord, I will trust you because you said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm going to trust you. I don't feel your presence. I'm not sure. So I'm just going to walk with you. I'm going to have my devotions. I'm going to have 
time with my family, read the scriptures with my family, I'm gonna go to church, I'm gonna be a good employer, I'm gonna be a good student, I'm gonna be the best dad I can, I'm gonna be the best mom I can, I'm gonna be the best son or daughter I can, I'm gonna do what I can, God, I don't feel, I don't feel it, but I love you and I trust you. And your strength will come, and one day you, as the eagle, your strength being renewed as an eagle, somebody's going to come to you and say, I just, what do I do? I just feel like God's a million miles away. Is your sin confessed? Everything I can't think, I mean, I've confessed everything I've done wrong, and I still don't. He's right there. He's growing you. And you are going to help that next person. Why? Because God's people have to learn how to be patient so that they wait on him. Do you, you know how many, just as you read through your Bible, take note of how many times God shows up, not late, but at the last minute. He comes at the last minute. I mentioned the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus could have had the food ready. He could have said, hey guys, you're not gonna believe this, but we're gonna have 5,000 men plus their wives and kids today. Um, I need you guys to go hire wagon loads of food. No, Jesus already knew it was coming, but he waited until the moment that would show his power the greatest. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. When Brother Eric was, Pastor Eric was singing the songs this morning, I was like, yeah, this ties even to this. This last passage I, I want to point to before we go back to Joshua. 2 Corinthians 12. Paul had an affliction. God never healed him from it. God wanted him to have the affliction. Paul said in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 12, for this thing that I had, I besought the Lord thrice. Three times I asked him to take it away from me, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect. Where? In weakness. That doesn't look like strength to me. One of the hardest things about age coming into your life is you can't do what you used to do. You used to be able to do all kinds of stuff, and the young people don't want to hear what you used to be able to do. Pops, come out here and show us how. Can't do it. My son texted a picture of, uh, uh, what do you call it, a track, track and field place at Lynchburg, Virginia. Sent it to us yesterday, and he goes, I hear there was a real skinny dude who tore this track up so bad back in the day that they had to re rebuild it. I was like, is that at Liberty? And he was like, yeah, didn't you race here? And I was like, yeah. And I was thinking, man, I couldn't even make it to the end of that track now. But back then, we were tearing it up. It's, but that's the way it's going to be. Your life is going to change, and as we go through stages of life, you have to adapt, and you have to continually find his strength being made perfect in your weakness. When you're young, you don't think you have any weaknesses. Oh, youth is a weakness because youth has no experience. Youth has ideas, youth has vitality, youth has let's do it, but it has zero experience. And then the problem is, Gus, we get to our age, the strength and all that other stuff is gone, but we've got the experience and we're able to look at the younger people and say, speed up or slow down. But God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So they that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. But, there's, but his strength is going to be made perfect in your weakness where you, I, I don't, I can't do this, God. 
I'm trying. I want to raise my family for the glory of God. I want to love my wife well. I want to love my husband well. I cannot do it. Your weakness is the opportunity for his strength. You do what you're supposed to do. You walk close to him. You stay close to him. And he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Put him first. Enjoy his goodness. Speak of his faithfulness. And do not let mistakes and failures be that which keeps you from trying again. Go back to Joshua and we're done. Joshua chapter 1. As the Lord had told Joshua, you're leading Israel into the future I have planned. We need to remember we are leading our family into the future God has planned for them. As God told Joshua, you have everything you need to lead these people well in my word. We have that. You have all you need to lead your family well. It's in his word. You need to stay in it. But just as he says to Joshua that I will... I will be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. The Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. The Lord tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear, because the Lord wants you to know you have him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He that hath the Son hath life. You have Jesus if you have Christ in your life, Christ will make the difference. But you have to wait upon the Lord. You have to acknowledge to Him your weakness. You, and, and don't be afraid to do that because He's the one that would be the strongest one to do it. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee that we may boldly say the Lord is my what? Helper. You have no greater helper than Christ. You have no greater helper. Where you are not able... Christ is able. Where you don't think you can continue and raise your children and be consistent and love one another in, in the home and young people, submit to your parents, submit to authority, learn how to be obedient. You don't think you can do that. If you'll be honest with God, I don't, I'm, I'm having a struggle. I need your help. Oh, that's what he's looking for. He will renew your strength. He will give you that ability through him but you, you need to follow him, you need to obey him, you need to realize he's got a plan, and his plan is going to be worked through what he's doing in your life as you yield. Let him be your strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let's pray. Father, your word is ever faithful. You speak to us, Lord, so many times. At times we give you a deaf ear. At times we give you a hard heart, and I pray that our hearts would be open to you to realize that if we would just wait upon the Lord, that if we would realize the weaknesses in our lives are your opportunity for, for your strength, and that we are totally weakness and weak in all that we do anyway, and that we need you. And God, please, you have plans. You have plans for our families, and your word, Pastor, has taught us these great truths of how to lead our homes properly and how to be submissive in our homes properly. May we find our strength in you. May we realize your promise is you will never leave, you'll never forsake, and that you are our helper. So Lord, work in our hearts. Be glorified, I pray, 
Help us as we strive to walk with Christ that, God, we would know the presence of God in our, in our midst, in our homes, in our church. And, Lord, for anyone here who today is contemplating, they're thinking about trusting Christ as their Savior, I pray you would work in their minds, help them realize that putting their faith in Jesus is just that simple, to trust Him. So, Lord, bless now as we break for a while. Come back to our... Uh, for uh, life groups. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.